Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Travel Fun and Adventure Podcast, where we talk all things travel. Whether you're traveling with kids or with pets or just as a couple, we try to find, give you helpful tips and also save you some money along the way with our budget-friendly ideas. We're here to make your travel more fun and adventurous. And today we're going to get into the annual price increases over at Disney World. However, before that, I need to give a little talk. Mainly about American Airlines. For anybody who's listened to any of the episodes of podcast, know I've been pretty hard on American Airlines. Especially with their flight attendants. Some of them are not very friendly. However, I need to point something out. Friday and Saturday this past week, I flew from first from, well, from Iowa to Chicago. That was on actually an Envoy Air. Of course, Envoy Air is owned by American Airlines, but it's still a regional subsidiary. However, the interesting part here was that they actually serve beverages and snacks on the trip over to Chicago. Now it's a very short flight. I think you're only in the air for like 40 minutes. And it's the first time I've ever had service on that flight. I don't think there was service pre-COVID. So it's great to see, you know, services coming back. Then I flew from Chicago to Miami on a pink eye. Now, for those of you who don't know what a pink eye is, most people know what a red eye is, which is an overnight flight, which actually I did on Saturday night into Sunday. What a pink eye is, is a flight that basically arrives between 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, really late the arrival, not always fun. I've always had trouble with hotels when arriving that late, so I try to avoid as much possible. Besides, I prefer to tra- travel in the morning. But this worked out the best for us, so or me in particular, so... Flew down to Miami. The next day, flew from Miami to Los Angeles. And the reason for this trip was largely American Airlines has, you know, flight credits. I had a bunch of them with American Airlines. However, I had to use them up. If I didn't use them by the end of February or March, I would have lost all the money I had with the flight credits. Now, what's interesting is I had a trip originally booked. Just a few weeks from now to travel to a conference in Oklahoma City. However, I had to cancel that instead because instead I'm heading to Los Angeles with my family to visit my brother and drive him, drive my family around Los Angeles. So I canceled that trip. But American, and I used flight credits to pay for that. But when I try to rebook, It would now allow me to rebook anything beyond February 28th, even though the trip was originally scheduled for March. So I made up a quick trip and went on it. The one thing I do want to point out, that on every one of the American Airlines flights, I flew back from Chicago to, from L.A. to Chicago and then on to um Iowa on United Airlines. However, on American Airlines, 
as I said, I've been very tough on the flight attendants saying, you know, they can do better with training their customers well. I will say this. All the flights, the flight attendants were outstanding. In fact, the the flight from Chicago to Miami, I would have to say, was probably had the friendliest, most helpful, hardworking, you know, great flight attendants I've had in a very long time. Which I am going to let American Airlines know about that because those flight attendants deserve recognition. Also, the flight attendants on the flight from Miami to Chicago, Miami to L.A. were also excellent. Not as not at the same level as the ones from from, my, from Chicago and Miami, but pretty close. They did a really good job, and had they, they had to deal with a lot of strife. We actually flew on a triple seven three hundred. It's my first time ever flying the triple seven. This you know, despite all the traveling I've done, never actually flown that type of plane, and it was a great flight. Except for the fact we had issues with the in-flight entertainment. Now, as I mentioned when I did airline reviews, I kind of knocked airlines down if they did not have, uh, you know, seat back entertainment. And I also noted that every time I've flown American, their streaming, you know, service has not worked. Well, not only was their streaming service not working on this flight plane, but neither was the in-flight entertainment seat backs working. So a double fail there. You know, but the flight attendants did their best to try to get it to work. They reset the system multiple times. And they also had to deal with, you know, the people you have to deal with. I mean, there were they had to stop the safety video multiple times. Because right in the middle of the safety video, people were one or two people kept standing up and moving around the cabin. I mean, they were told to sit down. They started again, and then these people would get up again. And this went on for several minutes. Our flight did leave a few, about 20, almost a half hour late due to delays loading luggage into the plane. I'm not sure if there was some type connections or something because the plane sat there from 6 a.m. when it arrived from San San Paulo, Brazil to um, we were scheduled to leave at 1.44. Hopefully they got the in-flight entertainment fixed because after we arrived in L.A., the plane was then heading to London. So hopefully, yes, they had some working, you know, IFEs by then. The only other thing that happened on that flight was we're actually on the flight from Miami to, from, to Miami. When we arrived in Miami, we were running late because the plane arrived in Chicago late. It was a full flight, and plus they were trying to get a bunch of standby passengers on. And then apparently somebody decided to go to the restroom while they were trying to do their counts, so that delayed us a little more. So then we get into Miami. The plane pulls up to the gate, but there's no ground crew anywhere to be found. So we had to sit there for about 15 minutes until the ground a ground crew finally arrived to actually pull us into the gate and... We were on our way. That night I stayed at the Miami Airport Hotel. It's my first time ever staying at an airport hotel. And I'm actually going to do a comparison of it between between it and 
the Hilton in Chicago because I will be staying at the Hilton in Chicago in November. So I think that will be an interesting comparison between, you know, two airport hotels and see which one is the best. So that's something to look forward to in a few months. But I said most of this episode is going to be dedicated to our good friends, the mouse, Disneyland. Well, this specifically Disney World. And for those of you who have not heard that, you know, Disney World has their annual fair, um, ticket price increases. They've done it again. Increased prices, which I know with inflation, you know, wages being up, you know, low empl- unemployment, costs are going up. Also know the fact that, Dis- you know, Disney as a company is not hurting. They made an excellent profit this year, which I don't have a pro- thing about making profit. They they deserve to make a profit. However, they're raising prices this year, fortunately, only on multi-day tickets. I think it's from three days and above that they actually raise their prices. However, the problem with this and what a lot of people are having problems with is the fact that they have cut so much out of the experience at Disney World. Now, part of it was being used as an excuse was the pandemic, which, of course, they had to close for a while during the pandemic. And they've not restarted a lot of their operations since then. Stuff like parades have not restarted. There's no parades going on. Until recently, they hadn't restarted their trams. They have restarted trams between, you know, parking areas. However, they've also started to charge you for parking at the hotels. So you're spending a lot of money for the hotel. You're also going to have to spend money for parking, which, of course, you have to do at a lot of hotels, but usually not ones built on a big suburban campus like Disney World is. Now, the most recent change or proposal, what they're going to change is they're going to cut down on the portions of the meals when you buy food at the, you know, at the in the different restaurants or shops, and they're going to cut down on how much food you get, and they're going to raise the prices. They haven't stated exactly how much they're going to raise the prices, but expect it to be a kind of a big increase, and tied with it, smaller portions, you gain much less value for the dollar. And I know everybody's going to say, well, that's because of the inflation and, you know, the tight labor market, which plays a role into it. I don't deny that. However, if it wasn't for the fact that there's been a constant level of cost cutting from Disney going beyond the start of the pandemic, I don't think people would have a problem with it. But clearly it's been a long term situation that they've been cutting back, cutting back. And there's actually a lot of Disney fans, you know, people that support Disney and go there regularly, that are actually kind of fighting back and saying, you know, dropping their season tickets and not not going this year because of how much they've cut and how much it's costing now. Another cut that Disney recently did is they used to provide a free shuttle from the airport to, you know, the Disneyland resorts and the hotels. 
they cut that out, and now you have to pay. It's a private company operating it, and you have to pay thirty to sixty dollars a ticket to board the bus. So that's more money out of your pocket, and you need to decide. You know, as somebody who goes there, is it still worth the money for me to continue spending money at Disney World, or is there better alternatives? Let me give you an example of, you know, exactly how much things cost difference is, you know, with our trip to Los Angeles in a couple weeks, we were originally looking to go to one of the theme parks. We looked at both Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm. I'll tell a story about Knott's Berry Farm in a moment and give you my feelings on that. But when we looked at the prices, we were looking at two nights in, you know, one of the hotels and then, you know, a day at the theme parks. And with Knott's Berry Farm, we got a two we got two separate rooms, adjoining rooms, but they were separate. And plus tickets to the theme park and everything for a thousand dollars. For Disneyland, for the same thing, except only the option of one room. And only one of the park hotels was open. It would have cost over twenty two hundred dollars. That included, you know, the same exact thing as Knott's Berry Farm experience. So you got a question: Which are my kids going to have that much of a different experience going to Disneyland than they do to Knott's Berry Farm? And this brings up. Something that's near and dear to my heart because I grew up just less than an hour away from Disneyland. However, I never went to Disneyland. The first time I went to Disneyland was for our eighth grade graduation trip. They took the school took us to Disneyland. That was my first experience going to Disneyland. Now, my dad would take me to Knott's Berry Farm, you know, almost maybe every couple months, except, of course, when the weather was not that good. But then again, we're talking Southern California, so usually weather was not a problem. He never liked going to Disneyland. And originally, I could never understand that, of course. However, now that I'm a little older and have kids of my own and have to look at the budget and I look at it and it's like, I can't see spending the money to go to Disneyland when it's substantially cheaper to go to Knott's Berry Farm. And I have to tell you, guess what? I had a fantastic time every time my father took me to Disneyland. My day was not ruined because I did not or did not go to Disneyland. And I got went to Knott's Berry Farm instead. Never didn't matter one bit. Oh, and besides, probably got to enjoy more rides because, you know, there while it's a smaller park, there, you know, more people go to Disneyland. The lines are longer, so you probably get a chance to go on more rides. And when I was growing up, there they used to have this cruel train store in Knott's Berry Farm, which I. I'd spend an hour in there alone or more. So I enjoyed going to the park. 
So your kids may not necessarily care whether they go to Disneyland. What you want to do is be building memories with them. And I I can tell you from personal experience, those ki- the kids will have as much get a much out of the trip if they go to, you know, an alternative park than to Disneyland or Disney World. You don't have to, you know, spend that much money. I mean, cuz for all of us, money is tight. Money's getting tighter. So it's best to make the best economic use of your money. So what are some alternatives? Well, looking down at the, you know, Disney World, there is all kinds of other parks. I mean, now it might not be exciting to go to Busch Gardens in Tampa, but that is an alternative to going to Disney World. Plus there's, you know, a studio tour. They, Of course, Disney World has its own studio tour on the campus. So you can go on a studio tour that's not part of Disney. There is, you know, other attractions such as SeaWorld of Florida and many others. So you don't necessarily have to spend that money to go to Disney World. And your kids will have a great experience. And that is one thing we're going to really focus on. I'm going to start doing a series pretty often that basically looks at alternatives to going to the major attractions that cost a lot of money. Of course, I'm going to L.A. soon, going out to L.A. in a couple weeks. You know, what the major attractions there, of course, one's Disneyland. Another would be like Universal Studios. So we're, And now there's also Warner Brothers Studios, which, of course, has a Harry Potter experience, which when you have a Harry Potter fan in the house, like I do with my wife, you know, it's some place that, you know, they really want to go. But there is the alternatives. And then we're going to talk about it. I mean, maybe not everything's going to work for you. Maybe you want to have, you know, one special trip down to, you know, Disney World or Disneyland. That's great. And if that works for you. That's fine. If that's in your budget, that's fine. However, what we want to do is give you alternatives to doing the expensive attractions. As I have mentioned previously, when we went to Minnesota in the Minneapolis area a couple years ago with our kids, we bought a annual membership basically from the Minnesota Historical Society. This membership gave us a free admission to a bunch of different attractions, including a historic farm, um, Fort Snelling, which is a major fort there, and a bunch of other, you know, attractions. And our kids kind of heard what we were planning on doing, and they're going, this is not going to be fun. Let's do something else. However, as I pointed out, when they got to the historic farm, they had a great time. They started playing with the, you know, playing with the animals. They were given a demonstration of how it was to deal with a cow every day, which is something, being the fact they're from the city, they never had to deal with a cow before. And they learned a lot, and they had fun doing it. So expect over the next few months to, you know, get some of these tips for different cities and ideas to, you know, do less expensive things, but still have a good time with your kids. It will be interesting to see whether Disney World 
you know, changes any of their policies and starts bringing back some of the attractions that they have lost and, you know, why some of the experiences are gone from that made the park so special. However, I don't see them changing course unless, you know, people, you know, who claim they're going to stop going there as frequently or at all really do stop going there and look for, you know, more economical alternatives. Because as long as they're continuing to fill up the park and make money, they have no motivation to change what they are doing. So what do you think? Do you think that Disneyland is just, Disney World in this case is just, you know, raising money, raising fees because of inflation and because of the labor shortage? Or do you think it's a continuing trend that we've seen with Disney World? Seems like almost every year they're raising the prices, even when there was no inflation and no no pandemic and no, you know, no labor shortage. They were still raising prices and they're pretty consistent about it. In fact, raising prices substantially above the rate of inflation. So that can't always be an excuse. Now, this originally appeared on an Argo article from Fromers Magazine. I will link the article into the show notes so you can go look at the article. And it has it makes several other points about, you know, exactly what's been going on over the last few years at Disney World. And I would like to hear from you. I'd like to know what your opinions are. And if you have suggestions or if you have suggestions for the show or whatever else, we have a discussion. We have a Facebook group, which is, of course, called Travel Fun and Adventure. You can get on there and, you know, we can start discussing exactly, you know, your ideas for, you know, trips or, you know, what you think of the show and anything else, you know. As long as it stays civilized, I should say, especially in this day and age, you really got to mention it needs to stay civilized. And I also post on Twitter as far as I, a lot of times will retweet um, great high, great promotional f- airfares or um, articles like the one from Fromers. I did, um, did retweet that out. Also, you know, tweet miscellaneous stuff out. So be sure to check that out. We also have an Instagram page where I will show pictures of my journeys and what's going on. And finally, we also have our website at travelfunandadventure.com. So be sure to look at that. On If you look at the show notes, you'll see my email address. You can email me. And... That's going to be it, a little shorter episode than normal. Um, Next week, we'll be back with a big episode. Some great ideas coming in. Also mentioned that the following week, I will be out of town. However, I plan to post an episode, so be looking for that. And we will talk to you next time on the Travel Fun and Adventure Podcast.